G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast here, discussing everything team selection wise after a six game slate was revealed, we've only got six games this week due to the first week of buy rounds and for that reason AFL fantasy coaches are starting to panic, uh, I think heading into the buys is always a tricky time of year to navigate but don't worry I've got you covered, you can check out the round wrap up from last week, which will give you a few handy pointers. You can go to the Dream Team talk site and find my rookie cash cow guide. And today, I'm going to run through the six teams, or sorry, 12 teams, the six games that were announced, touch on a few hot topics, and then answer a few questions that people hit me up with. So without further ado, let me dive into today's episode. Rightio, the first game on the slate is Richmond versus Geelong. Arguably, match of the round with the Cats and Tigers going head-to-head. We did see the return of the little master, Gary Ablett, for Geelong, which will be huge for some draft owners. Most draft leagues usually take off the buys, but there's no certainty for that to happen. So, Gaz is back. He's been named, at, I think, forward pocket. So, I assume he'll run through the midfield a bit, but... He was the inclusion with Reese Stanley for Geelong with James Parsons and Zach Smith, the two omissions. On the Tigers' side of the ball, we saw Patrick Naish named for his debut. He strung together a couple of pretty good games in the VFL. I talked about him earlier today. He had 93 from eight games. I was averaging 93 from eight games this year in the VFL. He comes in with Dan Rioli, Jacob Townsend, and Jack Graham with four outs for Richmond in the form of Brandon Ellis and David Asprey injured and Shy Bolton and Nathan Broad omitted. Doesn't really surprise me to see Bolton omitted. He hasn't been in hot form, but the Ellis injury is only meant to be a one-week groin injury, and that's probably why Nash is finally being handed his AFL debut. I'll discuss him in a bit more depth later on, but very handy cash cow that could help us through the buys and in the second half of the season. 170k defender he is, and like I said, he's put a couple of good games together, so he's going to be a very popular trade target this week. Second game is Carlton versus Brisbane at Marvel Stadium. On the Lions side of things, Jacob Allison was the only in with Ben Keyes omitted. We did see Archie Smith hold his spot, which is a good sign. He was originally named last week for Oscar McInerney, but Big O didn't come back into the side. He's been listed as an emergency, so hopefully Smith can string together a few games and we can try and work him into our trades, hopefully during the buys, and he can generate some cash if he stays in. But I think it's wise, unless you have a luxury trade, which is very unlikely during the buys, to just wait and see what he dishes up this week against the Blues. Speaking of the Blues, they made four changes to their outfit with Daisy Thomas coming back in after his one-week VFL hiatus. Lockie O'Brien and Mitch McGovern are the other two ins, along with Cade Simpson, who hasn't really had a great year, but if he could find some form, could maybe be a bit of a smoky for a uh, top 10 defender status and help some people in their draft leagues as well. But outs for Carlton, Alex Fasolo and Matthew Kennedy were omitted, with Liam Stocker, who is a cash cow, maybe floating around in a, two, in a few teams, unlikely. He's injured, along with Darcy Lang. The Suns play the Ruse in the next game, and this is arguably the matchup between uh, the two least important fantasy teams. There are some players floating around that people will want to know about, which I'll touch on, but yeah, not a hell of a lot to discuss here. Sam Durden comes in for Jamie McMillan on the Ruse side of things with 
the Suns welcoming back some pretty decent players in Jared Harbrow, Will Brody, and Tuke Miller, with Jack Bowes, Josh Schoenfield, and George Hall and Smith, the three outs there. For those people who are Jack Zebel owners, he's been named on a half-forward flank, which isn't too alarming because that's where he was named last week, but he was still running pretty much right through the middle of the ground. So good ins for the Swans and might be an interesting game, but yeah, probably not one I'll tune into. My pick for match of the round, the Crows going up against the Giants. The GWS boys have two ins in the form of Zach Williams and Sam Taylor, with, of course, the injured Lockie Whitfield and Lachlan Keith there two outs. So for those people interested in Isaac coming, he could be a popular trade target this week. He held his spot with Williams and Taylor still coming back in, so that's a good sign. On the other side of the ball, though, we saw Rory Sloan was named, named on the ball. I'll touch on him a little bit later, but it's good to see for those People that were worried he might miss with a dodgy hamstring. But Bryce Gibbs and Hugh Greenwood were the ones left out of Adelaide's outfit, which is a little bit surprising. And those people who held on to Matt Crouch can rejoice because he is back in their lineup. He's been named on the ball with Sloaney. So no Sauce Jacobs yet. He kicked five goals and had, I think from memory, 140 fantasy points in the Sandful. So chances are he'll probably have another week off, maybe even come back after their buys. But he's nearly ready to go. So if you are a Raleigh O'Brien owner, it could almost be time to cash him in. But yeah, big ins for Adelaide. Surprising to see Gibbs and Greenwood omitted, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they know something I don't. The West Coast Eagles and Sydney Swans clash on Sunday with Shannon Hearn listed as out with an injured hamstring from memory. I know that he's going to miss at least this week, potentially around 14 after their bye. We should see him back in. I think from memory I read it was only a one or two week injury, but yeah, not great news because he was someone in my sights that I was going to try and get, but not meant to be. Maybe if he's named in round 14, I still might pull the trigger. I think Josh Rotham or maybe even Josh Smith are the likely inclusions. They've been named in the Sunday squads along with Brendan Archie, Tom Hickey, Jackson Nelson and Jared Cameron with Oscar Allen out with injury as well for West Coast. So a couple of force changes there. On Sydney's side of things, Robbie Fox was the only out with an injury while Darcy Cameron, Riley Stoddard, Jackson Thurlow, James Rowbottom and James Rose come into the squad which will be trimmed tomorrow afternoon. So Rose is someone who I've given a little bit of daylight to in my cash cow pieces, but at 232 or 223k rather, I don't think you can take a punt on him. Wait and see. He hasn't played yet this year, so maybe see how he goes if he does get named. But yeah, not a hell of a lot relevant in that one. So turning my attention to the last game of the round on Monday, we'll have Collingwood versus Melbourne in the Queen's birthday match. And on the Pies side of things, they lost Dane Beams potentially for the whole season. So that's a huge blow for them. He's out with a hip injury that's going to see him sidelined for a couple of months at least. Be interesting to see who the in is for Dane Beams. With Braden Sire, pretty unlucky, I'll be honest, to not get uh, regular gigs considering his blistering form in 2018. He's someone that I talked about in an article that you can read on sportsbyfry.com tomorrow. Actually, I don't think I'm going to post that tonight. But yeah, anyway, Beam's out. We could see Isaac Quainer finally make his debut. Probably not, though. It doesn't really seem like a the right fit in a like-for-like -like scenario. He's been named in the extended squad with Sire, Mason Cox, Josh Dacos, and Ben Crocker as the other ones. On Melbourne's side of things, Oscar McDonald and Jay Kennedy Harris were omitted from their side with Braden Pruce, Alex Neil Bullen, Jake Lever, Christian Salem, Stephen May, and Marty Hoare named in their side. Hall was a late out last week, which kind of stung a few owners, including yours truly. But hopefully we can see him get back on the park 
in round 12. That'd be a nice boost in the best of 18 rounds. Stephen May, I read somewhere earlier today, is a confirmed starter, so that could be tricky. It means there's only one spot for Marty Hoare to come into. Maybe Christian Salem could be fighting him for it, so it's going to be annoying because we're not really going to know how Melbourne's going to line up until after lockout. So if you are a Marty Hoare owner, that's something to take into consideration when you're thinking about your trades, but that's how the teams are shaping up for a six-game slate this weekend. All right, a few hot topics to discuss. First one I want to talk about is Lockie Whitfield. Now, just because he's listed out with a busted collarbone doesn't mean you have to trade him right away. He is someone that, unfortunately, I brought in last week, so he's only going to have a few weeks' stay in a large fries and coke, but I don't think I'm going to get rid of him this week. I could trade him to someone like Steve Cornelio and pocket a ton of coin. I could maybe go a couple of other different routes and get a big midfield upgrade, but I've actually only got one round 12 by player in my midfield. So for that reason, I don't think I'll be trading out Whitfield yet. And I think I'll try and land Zach Merritt, maybe even Jack McRae and pocket some serious money next week. So just because he's out for about a month, he's not going to lose any value. And I know every player on your field during the buys counts, but he's someone that I'll hold out trading on. And maybe you want to consider the same thing. The Rory Sloan situation is a difficult one to unpack. I know, hopefully we'll know his full status before lockout lifts, but he did say, I read somewhere on Twitter, that he's going to be a test. He's going to tick a few boxes off tomorrow. So hopefully if he's not going to play, he'll be listed as an out. If he plays, I don't think you can get fancy and try and trade him out, especially considering the buy rounds. We need every able body on the field we can get. So hold on to Sloan if you're an owner, unless you hear something before lockout on Friday, Arvo. I've already touched a little bit on Marty Hoare and his uncertainty in Melbourne's lineup does make things a little bit scary for some coaches. He's someone that I'm probably going to trade out this week. He is priced at about 450k. His break-even's in the 60s, so even though he's been good for a couple of 70s and 80s, he's not going to gain a hell of a lot more money. Someone like Grian Myers is a good example of what can happen if they dish up a couple of 40s or 50s in a row. So if you are considering trading out Marty Hoare, it's not crazy. At the end of the day, you want to leave the buy rounds with a better team than what you started with, and getting rookies off your field has still got to be almost priority number one. Last thing I'm going to talk about, hot topic-wise, is some questions I've been getting about cash cows. Now, Patrick Naish and Isaac Cumming are the two defensive cash cows that a lot of people are asking about with around 14 buy, while some in the midfield, like Dylan Clark and Brett Bewley with around 12 buy, have been getting a lot of interest as well. I think... It's wise, if you don't have Bewley or Clark in your side, to wait until they're named in round 13 to trade them in. The last thing you would want to do is trade them into your side and then see one of them dropped in round 13. Then all of a sudden you're stuck with another rookie who's not playing. Oscar Baker's in a similar mould. He's someone that you can pretty much give the green light trading in. So there are options out there if you need a cash cow, but those round 12 blokes, I think it's wise to just be patient and wait on them. All right, before I wrap this thing up, time for me to get to some of the questions from Twitter. Thank you to all those people that hit me up. Got an Instagram one as well from Thomas Jeffries. He asks, very tricky question, I'll be honest. It's not a bad position to be in by any means, but he wants to know whether you should trade in Hooley or Laird and then Gaff or Kelly. Really, there's not much difference between whichever route you go down. The only thing I would say before you consider either one is how it shapes up for your buyers. In the back line, 
Rory Laird and Basha Hawley both have the same buy, so take that with a grain of salt. But Gaff and Kelly have different buys, so have a look at your structure and your setup before you consider either one of them. If I had to make a pick, though, after looking a little bit at their upcoming schedule and who they have to play, I'd probably side with Rory Laird and just Josh Kelly. He's been in ripper form and was someone that at the start of the year I said would be the best player in fantasy, and he might not score the most total points, but it's hard to argue with what he's been dishing up lately. El Gibbo asked me via Twitter, what about Patrick Nash? Is he a one-week wonder? He very well could be. Brandon Ellis's injury is only listed as a one-week groin complaint, so like I said, we could see him straight back into the side in round 13. So if you are tossing up between Patrick Nash and Isaac Cumming, there's, I'm getting a lot of questions about which route to go down. I think even though the money is tempting by going Nash, you've got to stick with Cumming. Held his spot in the side with Williams still coming in. We have now know that Whitfield's going to be out for about a month, so hopefully we can see Cumming at least score a couple of uh, good scores for us in the buys, maybe even hold his spot after that, who knows. Naish, while he is a probably better scorer, you don't really know about his job security. If he's still there in round 13, there's no reason why you can't grab him, and he'll probably only rise 20 or 30k in price, so it's not going to be the end of the world. So my advice would be to wait on Patrick Naish, unless you have coming in your side already and you're desperate for another downgrade, but that's my kind of two cents on uh, those two popular cash cow trade targets. Sheed the Goat asked me, is it the right time to trade out Riley O'Brien? With a break-even of 89, I can still field 19 without him. Nothing wrong with getting rid of O'Brien. He's more than served his job. I was honestly a bit surprised to see him still in the side and Source Jacobs not come straight back in, but we might see it happen next week. If not, after their buy, Source will almost certainly come back in, so he's not going to rise too much more in price. My best bet would be to cash him in. Trade him to Archie Smith would be a perfect move in my eyes and uh, laugh your way all the way to the bank. Nathan Obermuller asks about a potential trade scenario. Does, should he go Walsh to Cornelio or Braden Ham to Clark from Essendon? Dylan Clark, that is. Option one is better for points, and Cogs is probably the cheapest he's going to be. And option two gives him more flexibility throughout the buys. I think... Like I've said, I've given my little opinion on about on trading in around 12 cash cows. So I think for that reason, you should go Walsh to Cornelio. Walsh is not doing terrible, but he's still slowly dipping a little bit in price. He might turn things around and put up a couple of good scores and rise in price. But let's be honest, we all plan on trading him out within the next couple of weeks if we have the chance. Like you said already, Cornelio is not going to get any cheaper. So my advice would be to stick with option one and pocket Steve Cornelio. Last question comes from Toby Penguin 11 classic name. Very interesting to ask whether he should field Naish or Answorth. So just a bit of background. In the buy rounds, I'm sure you've heard this 100 times, but if not, your best 18 scores on your field count. So for example, if you have six players in your defense playing and you've got an emergency on your bench who's playing as well, you're only going to get the best or your six players on the field. So if he's fielding Naish or Ainsworth or tossing up between which one to go with, I think Answorth is the right call because he's already got some runs on the board. Geelong could be a tall task for Nash and the Tigers tomorrow night, so I'd side with Answorth there. Before lockout, make sure you go around the ground, and if you do have seven players playing in one line, or maybe nine in your midfield, for example, nothing wrong with throwing an emergency on them. You never know who's going to be a late out, but it's wise to have a look, double check, make sure you've got your playing players on your field because that's where your best 18 scores are going to come from. 
That's going to do it for another episode. Thanks once again for tuning in. Make sure you check out the round wrap-up on sportsbyfry.com and the Dream Team Talk Cash Cows Guide before lockout. Good luck for the first round of buys. Before I go, my trades this week are a little interesting. I'm trading out a couple of rookies who are playing. I've been pretty spoilt for choice with who to trade out here because I've had 27 blokes play last week. So Willem Drew and my two Ruck Benchmen are the only blokes who didn't play in round 11. So I'm going to be turning Tommy Atkins most likely into Isaac Cumming. I've ex- kind of explained why I picked Cumming over Nash there. I'm going to trade out Grian Myers to Nick Larkey. One of the reasons I'm doing that is because it helps me getting another round 14 by player into my forward line. And Myers keeps bleeding a bit of cash. He's got a couple of tough foes coming up, so I think it's wise to cash him in. And my last trade, I'm going to be ditching Marty Hoare, and I could go in a couple of different directions, but I think the wise thing for me to do is to try and get some more grunt in my midfield. I can't keep putting up with the scores from Cripps and Brayshaw and all these other blokes misfiring, so I'm going to bring in Lockie Neal, who I think is pretty much at his basement price. He's under 700 grand. He does have a break-even of 118, which isn't huge by his standards, so I don't think I'll be able to get him any cheaper. And to be honest, going up against Carlton, I might just roll the dice and make him my skipper as well. That's going to do it for another Sports by Fry episode. Thank you for tuning in. Good luck throughout the buy rounds. Until next time, peace. Peace.